0: And this is CLAT2 and this is episode 19 of the 12th season of the GNU World Order. Do you feel lucky today? That's the tagline for the episode. Uh, today we're going to talk about Lux, L-U-K-S, which is the... I've, I've actually learned quite a bit just from sort of trying to come up with small little details of this. It, it stands for Linux Unified Key Setup. I never knew that that's what that stood for. I just never really thought about Lux, to be honest, like what it could possibly refer to. I just... I don't know, it's LUX, right? So LUX is the Linux Unified Key Setup. It's a specification for disk encryption. As its name suggests, it was originally intended for Linux, uh, but apparently, and I haven't really looked into this, but, I mean, the specification itself is pretty platform independent. So apparently you could really use this on more than just Linux. Uh, And apparently there is something called Libre. Crypt, which is an implementation of Lux for Windows. No word on whether there is a implementation for for Mac. Um, on one hand, I can think I, I think yeah, probably not. They probably just don't bother because that's kind of the way like a lot of times Mac the Mac ecosystem is. It's just kind of this. Why would we bother with this open source solution when we have this uh, this hard coded alternative that's not compatible with anything else? Uh, so I don't know if it's made it over its way over over to the Mac world or not, but and I don't even know how usable it is on Windows. And in any case, I as you probably know, I, I really don't it's not super high on my list. I just my interaction, especially lately, with non Linux systems, is just really, really minimal, which I see as a good thing. Um I do acknowledge though that if you were to if you were to implement Lux, I guess we should talk about Lux, what it is, first. So it's disk encryption. I guess we have sort of reached that subject. It's disk encryption, meaning that, you know, a lot of people remember back, um I don't know, two years ago, three years ago, there was that thing called TrueCrypt, and everyone was really excited about TrueCrypt and really liked it, and then everyone sat down and said, oh, there should be an independent security um audit of TrueCrypt and then suddenly the TrueCrypt maintainer or whoever just sort of gave up and said, No, if you're gonna look at the code then then never mind. Something weird like that. It it was really weird, but it was a big deal, right? It was like TrueCrypt, TrueCrypt, and then it sort of went away. It it discontinued. Uh it got discontinued. Nobody knows why, because apparently I don't I don't remember anyone actually finding anything in the code that was not good. But anyway, that's what happened. The big appeal to TrueCrypt was that it was this um it was this way to encrypt your data into little um e- easy to mount um I guess containers or or or, or vaults or, or crypts, I guess. Um and you could pop it into your computer and TrueCrypt I think would sort of detect, hey, I've gotten a I've gotten pinged by you know, some some debus system or whatever, and and it will it would decrypt that or offer to decrypt your 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 container. Now, I never quite understood the the purpose of that. I mean, I do. It's it's convenient. It, it was cross-platform. I I kind of I was of the I just kind of used either Lux or GPG to be honest. I mean, I I use GPG for encryption for quite a bit actually. I I encrypt files with GPG to just have on my hard drive that I don't want just lying around in plain text. So I I have that, and then I I obviously uh, encrypt emails and stuff like that with GPG. So I use GPG fairly broadly. Um, I'll, I'll take a, f- a directory of files and put them in a tar ball and then in- encrypt the tarball, so I can have a, an encrypted f- directory. I, I do that fairly frequently. Um, the TrueCrypt thing I never really bothered with. I, I mean, I, I messed around with it early, early on, but I, I never really got into it. And then Lux, if if you really want that sort of seamless, I'm going to plug in my USB hard drive and it's going to be encrypted. But I'm going to plug it in and I'm going to get, I'll be prompted for a password. I'll enter the password and suddenly everything will be decrypted. That's what Lux gives you. Now I am cognizant, as I was beginning to say before, I realized I hadn't even talked about what Lux was. I am cognizant that Lux is, if it is Linux specific, and you are the type of person who needs to, you know, you, maybe your your home computer's Linux, but you go to work and it's Windows, or maybe your home's computer's Linux, but your your partner's computer's Windows, or, or whatever the setup, then you might, you know, Lux might not work for you if it's not super easy to port to other platforms as i say it has been ported to windows at least i know that whether it's actually usable on windows i do not know because i've never tried and have no way to try Uh, whether it is even available at all for mac i have no idea because i haven't looked into it and even if i had looked into it i wouldn't have a way to try it so that's the report on on cross cross cross-platformedness assuming you don't care all that much about the cross-platform side here's what i know about Lux. so first of all i originally had thought, and I might have even said it in a previous episode, that Lux was uh, a part of LVM. And what I what I have found upon looking at the source download links and stuff... See, LVM and Lux both come pre-installed on Slackware, so I, I never really noticed what site they were from. But Lux is its own thing. But it does... It, it hooks into LVM in some cases. Or, or it, in, in some places, I should say. Not cases. Here's how it works. You need a thumb drive or something thing. I mean, you can encrypt, you know, a system drive. Uh, it doesn't have to be a, an external thumb drive, but it can be. And if it is, then you would want to be very careful while following along with this exercise, because I'm going to format a disk. I'm going to create a partition and, you know, do the whole whole disk destruction thing. So you want to be careful. So I'm going to... I talked a little bit about the lsblk command in the last episode, so I'm going to use that again as root, L-S-B-L-K, and it shows me, I mean root because I'm going to have to format this drive in a moment, but um, it shows me I've got A through G drives plugged in, S D A through S-D-G. And I'm going to put in the thumb drive here, and then I will um, do an L-S-B-L-K again, and we see that we still only have L through A through G. That's weird. Okay, let's try a different port, different USB port. There we go. Now I've got an SDH. So SDH uh, has one partition on it already, but I happen to know that this is the same thumb drive. It's a 3.8 gigabyte thumb drive. It's the same one that we were using in the LVM demo last time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a DD. If in file is slash dev slash zero, and then out file is, and I'm doing this very carefully, SDH. That's the drive I want to destroy. And if you're doing this along with me, that is something that you would want to be mindful of. And I'm going to write out, let's do um, eighty ninety-two bytes. So that's count equals eighty ninety-two. And that will all that does is it sort of it wipes out the the first chunk of information on that thumb drive, which should destroy any kind of partition table or anything telling the OS how to how to view that that, that peripheral. And indeed it does, because if I do an lsblk again, sdh is listed, and it has zero partitions on it. Okay, so now we can do a parted command on slash dev slash sdh, and we'll do a make part, and the part will be primary, so that's make part space primary, and make part, of course, is mk part primary, and we'll do it from one to um, four zero one one. Now, if you Oh, and it says unrecognized disk label. That's a, this is a fun one. So I was going to say, what I was going to say is, first of all, parted slash dev slash sdh um, should tell us, oh darn it, I didn't mean to do that, uh, quit. So doing that command again, parted dev sdh print, prints out the, the information about that disk, and we could even pipe it to, we could do a pipe and do grep. Uh, for the string disk with a capital D, and we get a little bit of a filter on it. So we, it looks like it's 44011 megabytes. So that's where I came up with the 1 to 4011 number that I just done. So we'll we'll, rem, we'll remember that for for in a, in a moment. So when I did that though, when I did the make part thing, it said that there's an unrecognized disk label, and that's because we zeroed out the beginning of the of our thumb drive. There's no information about what kind of anything that we're supposed to be writing to this drive? It is a blank slate. So, what we'll do first is parted slash dev slash sdh we are going to make label, and we'll make a label of GPT. Okay, so we've got make label, we made it a GPT label, just because it's, well, it's superior technology to our alternative, which is an MS-DOS uh, file label, or, or disk label, which has some weird archaic 2 terabyte limit, I think. I mean, we're nowhere near 2 terabytes with our little 3.8 thumb drive, but... I just have a hard time not using superior technology when it exists, so that's why I've used GPT. Anyway, we're we're set to go for the for the partition, so we can do a parted make part no nope, parted slash dev slash sdh make part primary and then one four zero one one. Now it's telling me it gives me a warning uh, that the resulting partition is not properly aligned for best performance which, from what I've understood, I've read several things about this, and one has been, don't worry about it, ignore it, it's Parted being overly conservative. And there's some basis for that. There's a post, I think, by the G-Parted people. I'm assuming G-Parted is the GUI version. I mean, I know G-Parted is a thing. But anyway, it's it, it was a blog post I'm pretty sure about someone involved in Parted saying that they are being very conservative about this and that they throw a warning almost no matter what. And so in that sense, you kind of can ignore it, but then I've read other things where it's, it just says, don't ignore it, it's a horrible idea to ignore it, never ignore this. So I'm not 100% sure how to get around that warning, nor do I know, well, so so the MS-DOS la- file label, the, the, the label for the disk, did not throw this error, if you'll recall, whereas GPT, uh, now that I've switched to that, is throwing this error. So it's got something to do with advanced f- uh, disk formatting th- that wants to make sure that the sector alignment is correct for advanced things like raid and um stuff like that none of all of this matters i'm just i just think it it bears discussion and, and i don't know the best way around this i don't know what the 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 right way is and i certainly haven't tested uh to find out you know how how problematic this actually is what I've been doing lately is I have done a parted slash dev slash sdh, uh, make part primary, and then what I do is I do 1s. So that's one sector and then 100%. So 1s space 100%. So I'm saying find the first sector that you can use and then fill up the disk 100%. So that in, in that way, I kind of make parted figure it out for me. It gives me a warning. It says, hey, the requested partition is from 512.0. Uh, bytes to 411, and then it tells me what sectors that translates to. The closest location we can manage is 17.4 kilobytes to 411 sectors 34 to some big number. Is this acceptable? So I'm going to say yes, that's acceptable, and it tells me again uh, that partition is not properly aligned, so I, this time I'm going to go ahead and ignore it. So now if I do an lsblk, I see that I've got SDH and I've got a partition in SDH1. Now, uh, I don't have a file system there yet, so that's something to bear in mind. But, and, and we don't really know whether, you know, technically we don't really know whether um this is something that is aligned correctly or not but that's the that's the best workaround that i can figure and if you know um you have an authoritative answer on that one i would love or even a theory uh, i would love to hear from you because i've read quite a lot on it and i've gotten lots of conflicting information on on what exactly is being conveyed there and what the best way around it is and there is a an interesting formula out there about how you can look at some system you know, as a proc slash I don't I don't remember exactly what it is, I could probably find it. But you can look at the what the what Linux detects is the 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 optimal maximum sector size for this disk or something like that. And you add that with the offset and then you do a division by the block size and that should tell you where to start, but some drives don't give that information, apparently, because when I tried that, uh, especially this thumb drive specifically, just said zero. Everything was zero. So Well, the block size, I think, was 512 bytes. It detected that, but everything else it couldn't figure out. So, anyway, that's what I've done uh, for this, and that's fine. So now we're going to actually do stuff with Lux, which was the point of this episode. The Lux front... End command suite starts with crypt setup, and that should be you know if you have if you have LVM and or or the Lux suite uh, installed, then you should find this command on your system. And if you do not have those installed, then you need to install Lux at least. Um, although you will find that you want LVM as well. But let's let's do a quick search for where this Lux thing is anyway. Uh it looks like it is in a oh it's a package called crypt setup, appropriately enough. That's that's awfully appropriate. So that's crypt setup and uh so we're gonna do a crypt setup on um we're gonna do a Lux format, that's um L-U-K-S and then format with a capital F, so camel cased. And that's the that's just the, um, the sub-command, as it were. And then we're going to do that onto dev slash sdh1. Oh, wait. Darn it. Sorry. We're not going to do that yet. First, we're going to make a file system. So let's make a file system. Um, let's just keep with ext4. And let's remember what all of our things were. Yeah, label. So we'll call this... Um, let's just call it penguin. And then that's going to be sl- uh, s- slash dev slash sdh1. Okay, there. Now we've written a, a file system. Now we can uh, pop that crypt setup command back in, and we're going to do that crypt setup lux format on slash dev slash sdh1. And it tells us, hey, you're going to overwrite data forever. Um, are you sure that you want to do this? And yes, I am, because uh, sdh1 is definitely the drive that I want to, to do this to. So I'm going to type yes, all uppercase, because that's what it requires me to do, and then it says enter a passphrase. So this can be any passphrase. I'm going to just make it really stupid because I don't need this to be secure. It's just for demo. Then I'm going to erase the disk and use it for something else. So uh, then it finishes. It's a pretty quick little process, and uh, it's erased the drive, and it has plopped an encrypted partition onto it. So I'm going to guess... Well, I'll show you how to do... So so here, we'll do we'll, we'll go to Dolphin really quick. Um, of course, this isn't mounted yet, so I would have to mount it. Okay, so slash dev uh, slash sdh1, and then we'll mount it to slash mnt floppy. It says unknown file system type, cryptolux. Hmm, that could be bad. Okay, well, let's try this then. So we'll do crypt setup again, and then we'll do a lux open. Again, camel case, so lux, and then open with a capital O, slash dev slash sdh1, And we will call this, um, it needs a a mapped name. So we'll just call it Penguin, because that's, why not. And it says, enter a password for this device. So, okay, put in my stupid password. And now I can, well, so it returns nothing, which we all know means success on Linux. So if I do an ls slash dev, 297 results. Uh, So there's there's a bunch of stuff in slash dev, and I'm I'm scanning through here. I'm not really seeing anything called penguin. Hmm, where could it be? Well, it's in a special place called slash dev slash mapper. And inside of slash dev slash mapper, you will find a, a, a thing called penguin. So now, if you do a mount of slash dev slash mapper slash penguin, to, let's do it, to slash mnt slash floppy, it tells me that uh, it doesn't seem to be mountable. Okay, so that must mean that when it said it was going to erase everything on this drive, it really meant it was going to erase everything on this drive, file system included. So, mkfs.ext4 once again, dash capital L, penguin, why not keep it consistent and then the, the target of this is going to be slash dev slash mapper slash penguin. So now we're, we're recreating a file system inside of this encrypted uh, partition, and then we'll see if we can mount it. While we're waiting, we might as well take a coffee break. <laughs> For yourself, I got one for me, so I'm good to go. And it looks like the uh, terminal is happy as well, so it, it looks like it's created the file system. So we'll just go back up here to mount slash dev slash mapper slash penguin slash mnt slash floppy, and I don't get an error. So let's try this out. So I'll go to slash mnt slash uh, floppy, floppy. There we go. And there's my telltale lost and found folder. So that's the proof of concept. Let's try something a little bit different here. Let's do um, let's do this. We're going to umount slash mnt slash floppy. Get rid of that. And then I'm going to go ahead and unplug this device from my computer. And I'm going to wait a moment. I'll just do an lsvlk to make it official. Yep, it's not there. Plug this back in. It is there now. Oh, that's interesting. It is getting a new designator, a designator SDI, um, and SDI1. That's interesting. I don't know why that happened. So it skipped the H. I don't know. Maybe I didn't wait long enough before plugging it back in or something. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, it's it's there. It is technically there. And so I'm just going to go now out of the terminal. I'm just going in my in the GUI. I'm going to my device notifier. And I'm going to click on this on this drive. And what do you know? KDE is popping up a little uh, warning box that says, "Hey, this needs a password to be ac- accessed." So enter your password. So I'll enter my stupid password, and I'm not going to click to remember the password. And it mounts. It mounts my little encrypted file system quite um, quite not transparently, but but sort of very integrated into your system as long as you're running something with enough features to detect you know while while mounting through the GUI it you know does it does it know how to ask you for a password i think most modern systems are going to have that capability built in so it's really smooth in terms of user experience there's not really anything um inconvenient in this process now Whether this would work for me on a daily basis with my little uh, fancy system of plugging plugging in my my USB drive and having my computer automatically back that system up, I don't know. I would have to think about how I would integrate my attach-up system to an encrypted file system. But in terms of just wanting, you know, if you have a thumb drive and you think, I should encrypt this thing, this is a really easy way to do it. So without all of the... um, Without all of the sort of uh, fake outs and everything, this is this is the process. First thing is first. Make sure that there's a partition on your hard drive. If when you go to make a partition, you get errors about um, alignment or anything like that, just my current workaround for that, as I as I told you, is uh, parted slash dev slash sdi uh, make part primary and then one s for the sector, first sector, and then a hundred percent to fill up the disk. That works for me. It just accept whatever parted figures out for you. Oh, this is the actual first place that we can start a partition. Is that good enough for you? Yes now you can you you can use other tools and or you could use a different label on your drive. you know there's a lot of different ways to do this. You don't have to do it in a terminal. It's just easier to talk on a podcast in a terminal than like describing what I'm doing in the the graphical partition editor of choice. So anyway, you make a partition on the drive and then you use crypt setup to to uh, to designate this well to create a a encrypted partition. So crypt setup lux format slash dev slash sd x1 whatever you know whatever that is sdh sdi sdb whatever whatever your thumb drive is being designated as which you could of course find out with lsblk that encrypts the partition it will prompt you for a password and once you've done that it does its little thing and then you're you're good to go so that's well no you're not then make a file system on that um encrypted partition how can you do that? Well, in order to get your computer aware of this encrypted partition, you need to do a crypt setup lux open of slash dev slash sdx1 or whatever it is, and then some some human readable designator. So you could do penguin, you could do my thumb drive, you could do my encrypted drive, whatever. Um, and you will find the device that you have just uh, created in slash dev slash mapper. Now there may be other defaults on other systems, this is just kind of a very raw slackware system. These are all the defaults of whatever upstream projects are involved. so if something else sends your device to slash dev slash d m dash zero or something then that's that's fine you You should be able to find it if you're familiar with the way that things are being mounted on your system and and if not, just like do a find in slash dev for for whatever string you assigned to the drive. Maybe, I don't know, I've never tried that, but I'm sure it would work. Uh, and then there's um, there's no file system, so you'd want to do the mkfsext 4 or whatever you use um, on the dev slash mapper slash your thumb drive, and then you are truly good to go. You are ready to to do with this drive as you please. You can at this point unmount it if you want, and then plug it back into your computer and let the GUI manage all of that stuff for you. Or you can continue to use the drive through the terminal uh, with the more manual style of mounting and, you know, creating some 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 folder on your on your hard drive to to, to hold the the partition. But the the commands that you really need to know for daily interaction would be the cryptsetup luks open to to get the thing into your device tree, and then mount slash dev slash mapper slash whatever to whatever location on your system you decide to mount the thing to i do it to slash m n t slash h d or floppy or zip or, or whatever's available but you can you can you can do whatever you want slash storage you know whatever you prefer so there you go that's that is lux that is an encrypted thumb drive very very smooth i think the the most the most surprising thing about that for me when I tried it was just how easy it was. I think, if I'm recalling correctly, and you could probably fact check me if you were, like, for some reason curious, because I, I, I'm pretty sure I probably did an episode about this at that time, but when I tried Lux, it basically killed TrueCrypt for me. Like, any interest in TrueCrypt. I wasn't really using TrueCrypt heavily, but, but it, it killed any interest in that for me, because this was so much easier. It was just so smooth. It was such a smooth user experience on Linux that I really didn't see the point in using any other, any other system. It was just such an easy way to, to encrypt and then mount an encrypted hard drive. Uh, it would be, I would be mildly curious to be honest and to see what the Lux workflow was like on other systems. So if you've ever done Lux on a non Linux box, I would, I would be curious to hear about it, but mostly I'm, I'm using Linux as I said, so I, I'm not really, uh, I'm not really too concerned about the other platforms right now. That could change if I, you know, get a different job sometime and I'm I'm faced with a bunch of different systems that I I need I I I want to be able to use my encrypted thumb drives on those systems. I would suddenly again start caring a lot more about cross compatibility, cross platformedness, and and that would be certainly an interesting thing to to experience. But I'm not complaining that I don't have to deal with that right now. So that's Lux. I hope that has been informative and helpful. Super easy, as you could, as you can see. Uh, Lux is, as far as I know, the back end for a lot of the full disk encryption that distros use by default anyway. So you may be using it without even realizing that you're using it. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. World Order Ogcast. This has been Clatu. You can reach me on IRC. I'm on the free node network usually in channels such as AugCast Planet, Slacker Media, Slackware, couple of others. My nick on IRC is not Clatu. You can also reach me lately on Mastodon. My username there is at Clatu at Mastodon.xyz. Of course, you can email me at clatu@member.fsf.org. at member.fsf.org. That's klatu at member.fsf, as in free software foundation.org. And of course, you can visit my various websites, gnuworldorder.info and slackermedia.info. I will see you next time. Systems are on medium, and this is the noise level you can expect if the project continues tonight.